Hello everybody, Paul Jancarella here from Profits and Success, here to bring you another podcast episode from Marketing Motivations, and our intent for you today is to be uh, a bit inspired, uh, a bit intrigued, and hopefully chipping away at becoming more successful, frankly. And today we started off with nobody, nobody can change your life but you. So get inspired. Understand that, you know, a lot of people say, oh my goodness, that guy changed my life. Well, he, he very well may have. She very well may have helped you uh, make the decision. But nobody can do it but you, no matter what it is. Earning money, losing weight, establishing uh, a relationship, overcoming uh, a fear, dealing with uh, an untimely death, whatever have you. Darren Hardy today uh, spoke about three keys to keeping focused. And, you know, don't worry about anyone else's building. Just innovate yours. That's easy said than done, obviously. But that's the thing. We don't have to be looking around all the time to see what the Joneses are doing. Just focus on, on what we're doing and what we're passionate about. You know what I'm saying? If you sell shoes, don't worry about what they have going on with gloves. You know, it's, it's really as, as simple as that. Um, he then goes on to say, 12 seconds that changed the world forever happened today. I forget how many years ago, 1903, the first flight of the Wright brothers. You know, it took a bit, but the world finally took notice. There was no big fanfare on that initial flight, but it grew, and it grew big. And the Wright brothers took action of protecting their patent and focused on what they did as opposed to what they could do. You know, the, the Wright brothers battled their rival, Curtis, to stop his infringement on their patent. I guess Curtis was coming up with a more innovative aeroplane, if you will. And instead of moving forward, the Wright brothers were pretty much stuck in the past. 
by not growing. And unfortunately, the Wright brothers played defense right up until they died, which is somewhat of a tragic story. Three valuable lessons from this cautionary tale. Number one, don't live the past as your glory moment and nothing else. In other words, I was such a great high school athlete, musician, this, that, other thing, and I did this, this, and this, but then I went all downhill from there. Build upon accolade after accolade. You know, after the Wright brothers' first flight, they lived to relive, recapture, and protect their past. Strive for the the new and the innovative. And number two, focus on your building. Jim Rohn put it best, there's essentially two ways to have the tallest building in town. First way is you could tear down all the other buildings. Or the second way, you can work on making yours the tallest, the strongest, the best. Be known as a builder, not a wrecker. And I underlined that because... That's in everything, conversation, um, our actions, our mannerisms, our thoughts. Be a builder in it all. And the third point, remember why you began. Remember what your passion was. Remember that feeling if you don't remember the passion. Don't let outside worldliness take away from your dream. Don't let money sway you. Let your passion sway you. You know, isn't that a a good thing to let your passion sway you so many folks look to start a business offline online whatever have you to make a lot of money which is admirable but don't let money be the driving force you know um friend of mine was telling me now that it's legal uh, in, in this state, you know, I can make a lot of money by growing marijuana. You know, how great would that be? Great if you like growing crops, you know, and taking part in, you know, questionable 
ethics. But ethics aside, you know, I mean, you have to be passionate about what you do. You know, so some botanists may do that, but you need to be passionate about the activity, not what it generates. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up uh, and a lot of businesses close, you know, because of that. But in addition to our physical needs, we must recognize and fulfill our spiritual needs. And when I say spiritual needs, I'm not talking about religious needs. I'm talking about spiritual needs for my friend who's a Christian, my mother who's a Catholic, my atheist friend who's a great guy. We all have spiritual needs, but a majority of the time they're not being addressed because people don't know, they don't know what they are. And your spiritual needs um, in my perspective starts with God as the foundation. And when you're right with God, you're right with the world. But from a spiritual standpoint, we need to be in sync with our physical needs. You know, we're, we're spiritual beings first. You know, there's a soul. Can't see it, but it exists. It's part of us. Some people in, in different parts of the world, you know, believe in a reincarnation of sorts. Fine. If that's what gets them out of bed in the morning and helps them to be uh, a better person to someone else, then amen to that. But you got to get in touch with that side. All of us, we all do. Habits. Habits are safer than rules. You don't have to watch them and you don't have to keep them either. They keep you. And it's the truth. You know, our, our habits, our mental habits are formed by our, you know, our paradigms, which form our physical habits as well. You know, we do certain things, certain ways, because what's constructed in our minds. And sometimes that's difficult to change. Might be able to do it for a week, a month, a year, but forever? Well, sometimes. Some people drop 100 pounds and gain 200 over the course of three years, four years. Some people drop 100 pounds and they never look back, never gain another pound. You know, it's all 
in how your mindset is driven. You know, uh, it's, it's every aspect of life. It's not just financial. It's not just uh, health-wise, relationships, you know, dealing with pain, mental, physical, all that stuff. It's not just that. It's everything. Um, Matthew Kelly shared six definites in life. And they were good. I, I jotted them down to share, with them, to, to share with you them today. And I don't know why I'm struggling <laughs> to speak to you. But you can't have a meaningful, a meaningful life if it's filled with meaningless things. You know? How often do we try to do that? When we got the wrong parts in there. It's not going to make for a good soup with the, with the wrong ingredients. The second one was every person you encounter, every person you encounter, will hurt you in one shape or form at some point. But you must find the ones that make it all worthwhile. You know, don't let your heart be hardened, meaning don't be careless, be careful, and also know that you will hurt people as well. So think about that. Don't complain. That's number three. It's not attractive or productive. But we all do it from time to time. Some more than others, but that's another topic. Number four, give people the benefit of the doubt. Reading the newspaper is a no-no, but I do it every morning. It's my local paper. I don't read the guts and glamour. I just read, you know, some of the obituaries of folks that I know and some of the local development stories, that type of stuff. But again, I get sucked into some of the salacious headlines and things. But with that said, in discussing a particular story about so-and-so, yeah, that guy is so guilty, my wife would say, or I would say, you know, and... I'm not saying we're judging, but we're just making an assumption. But give people the benefit of the doubt. And what's so ironic about that statement, about number four, is I said to my wife, "Um, have you ever heard the term benefit of the doubt? And my wife's like, yes, I never use it. Ever, <laughs> jokingly. <laughs> I said, okay, it seems it. Number five, death comes to us all. And when that happens, we meet the person we could have become. I don't know how true that is, but I tend to believe that because 
hopefully, praise God, I make it to heaven. And when we do, we will then become the best version of ourselves. Hard to believe, hard to conceptualize, but that will will be the case. And I can also walk up to, um, you know, I'll say a saint, you know, everybody in heaven's a saint, but say Saint Francis of Assisi. I will walk up to him and have a conversation and he'll know me. I won't have to introduce myself to him or anything. He'll know exactly who I am. It's just amazing to me. You know, and I, it's almost like I can't wait to die. <laughs> it's as morbid as it may sound, but there's, there's a lot in store for us. It's like a, a Christmas in the season that we're in now. Uh, and number six, ignore your critics. Hard to do, not at all. It's impossible. That's just me speaking. But ignore them as best you can. They will tear down in 20 minutes what they couldn't have built in a lifetime. And again, that can be a family member. You know, sometimes a family member will be very critical of you because they think they're being protective in helping you, you know? So take that as it may. Um, Kindness. Kindness is just a simple way to tell a struggling soul that there is love to be found in the world. And that kindness can come in the form of millions of variations. I don't know millions, but hundreds? Who knows? Even if there's a dozen, do them all. And I was listening to Jim Rohn the other day on sales versus skills. You know, and he said at age 25, I was dead broke. Had no idea what I was going to do. At age 31, I was a millionaire. And at age 33, I was dead broke. Made some bad investments, made some bad decisions, lived a bit too lavishly. But he said the difference is I lost my money, but I didn't lose the skills into earning it all back again. And... There's a lot of people, folks, that have the skills and don't use them. You may have gained all the weight back that you lost, 
but the skills remain on how to lose it again. You may have lost a loved one, but you have the skills required to find that happiness again. And if you don't have those skills, I suggest you start finding them and learning them, mastering them. You must be able to carry the same level of happiness from your lowest moments to your highest highs. Now, again, someone may say, okay, I'm pretty miserable when I'm happy. I mean, miserable when I'm at my lowest low, at my highest high. I'll just be miserable. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. You know, what I'm saying is you need to find happiness in every possible aspect of your life. And again, I, I'm not trying to lay heavy burdens down. I'm trying to get you to change your mindset. Find the happiness. Find the love, the joy, the potential lesson in every tragedy and in every victory as well. And finally, what's the difference between a Monday and a Friday? And it's not three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> but it's the way in which you think about it. The way you feel on a Friday hopefully, which is upbeat and exciting. You have to find a way to have that excitement on a Monday, if Monday is a day that is more of a downer. But I'll tell you right now, Sunday afternoon, say after like 4 o'clock, kind of are worse then a Monday for me, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, geez, you know, back to the grind tomorrow. Whereas on a Monday, you know, at four o'clock, I'm in my work week, I'm rolling, I'm ready to, you know, I'm in, I'm, you know, blocked in, you know? So just a observation, if you will. Okay, that's it for today. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, and I will check in with you on Monday, Lord willing. Until then, be well, stay well. We'll talk to you soon.